number three of Carolina Panthers takeover day commences now here on the David Glenn Show. David Jackson in for DG today. Plenty of great Panthers react. It's great timing of this day. As a matter of fact, Darren, if you had anything to do with that, you win the scheduling award to have Panthers takeover day. Even if I didn't, David, you know I'm going to take credit for it. Take credit for it because, I mean, you have Panther takeover day the day (laughs) after, hours after even. Uh, the, the first preseason game is in the book. So we've had lots to talk about today. Uh, we've already heard from Caroline Can. We've heard from Damian Lewis. We bring our next Panther expert. And and I get to, to boast this one because he's a Panther Vision crew member as well. So I get to sit in the room and watch the games that are not going on at Bank of America Stadium. This guy's down on the field leading uh, the, the first keep pounding chant as he does a big hit on the uh, Panther Vision board for us uh, a pregame, as well as some great insights on the Carolina Panthers radio network you know him you love him it's kevin donnelly joining us here kd thanks for joining us here on uh, panthers takeover day on the david glenn show yeah glad y'all are taking over with the panthers i love it and uh you know i, I love to bring the juice on game days down there and get the keep pounding rolling <laughs> it's it's great to have the juice brought and i know there was a lot of juice brought last night uh as some of these uh some of these guys got a chance to get back on the field for the first time uh, certainly under the nfl lights in some cases, for the first time ever on that kind of a stage. What were your overall takeaways from your former players, media member perspective on, on how all transpired for the Panthers last night? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, no major injuries, and that's what you're trying to avoid. Uh, they really played a lot of their younger players a bunch, and in particular, the draft picks. And, um, you know, speaking of those guys, I thought the two offensive linemen they drafted, Dennis Daly and Greg Little, certainly did some really good things. There, there's some stuff to clean up, but, you know, just no glaring errors where they were just beat right off the bat. And that's all you really want to see is these guys competing and, and you know, trying to just assimilate themselves into the offense and, and become productive members of it. And they took a good first step last night. And then on the defensive side uh, with Christian Miller and obviously Brian Burns, it was good to see the speed from the outside. And really with Burns, how electrifying that first step is and how he can put tackles in really tough positions. And um, what was also nice was seeing Marquise Haynes, who was drafted last year, kind of developed a little bit and didn't play much, but has come out this preseason and done a great job. So, um, you know, just overall look at the team. I thought that, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up, but, you know, the offense went on some pretty decent drives. They kept the uh, time of possession and, and got a lot of passes off. Kyle Allen looked real efficient. Uh, you know, I think Will Greer and Taylor Heineke were a little shaky when they first got in, but both seemed to settle down. And uh, with Will Greer, you know, it was kind of funny. He was really trying to take some shots over the middle of the field, a couple deep ones or whatever. And he started really get into the groove when he just started hitting the check downs and, and trying to hit his the running backs out of the backfield that some, some real momentum built. So, you know, just overall, I think the Panthers got done what they wanted to get done. Uh, regardless of the score, everyone came out of it healthy, and they got a lot of good high-quality reps for the young players they're counting on this season. Kevin Donnelly joining us here on Panthers Takeover Day on the David Glenn Show. And, you know, you mentioned Brian Burns, and he certainly brought some flair to the game last night. You can see the kind of personality that he will play the game with. Uh, certainly a lot of speed and athleticism and, and abilities from the football side, but he does it with with a certain amount of, of energy and excitement that will certainly get the fans uh, involved. Now, he's played one game in, in this preseason uh, he's been in training camp. He's done the OTAs. He's done all of those things. In, in your perspective from a former player uh, that, that went through some of this, what is it like now 
for for someone who has been waiting for that big splash moment and got it and it got to, to as you said earlier get the juices flowing a little bit in in a preseason game but now it's back to the grind of, of training camp again and practices against the bills and a little bit more of that that um, underappreciated work that, that an NFL player goes through how does a rookie adjust to that kind of learning curve in a moment like that at this formative stage of their career yeah and this this is it's good you bring that up because really it's the amount of growth we'll have just from one preseason game to the next um, will be phenomenal. And, you know, that's a crucial time because that third preseason game, you figure a lot of those starters are going to get most of those reps. So these first two preseason games, it's a chance for them to get the reps they need. And um, for him, I I talked to his position coach, Everett Brown, who, you know, works on that defense, particularly the outside linebackers, Ed Rushers. And, You know, he was just telling me that Brian Burns has just been like a sponge and has really just picked his brain. They've gone out extra time and worked on particular skills and tools. And, you know, he's a guy that you really appreciate the speed and athleticism, but it's already at a very young age. He understands that that may win every now and again, but to consistently win in the NFL and to beat the man across from you, you're going to have to have a lot of tools in the toolbox that you can access when there's crunch time and you need a big third down stop. Uh, or it's a two-minute drill, something like that. And to see that kind of, I think, maturity from a really young player that, that knows he, you know, sometimes when you're a rookie, you don't know how much you don't know. It seems like this guy's coming in and understands that uh, he's starting scratch. You know, square one, let's learn this thing, let's learn the NFL. And I think that's why it's not going to be a, a flash in the pan with, with preseason and then, you know, kind of disappears during the regular season, which some rookies and young players do. I think he's legit. And uh, I think the defense for sure and that staff are really excited about the prospects of what he can do off the edge. One of the players we did not see last night on the field, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, part of the group that did not play uh, as as we have seen this trend develop now in, in week one of the preseason. But we did get a chance to see Cameron Artis Payne on that opening drive. Elijah Holyfield obviously made uh, a name for himself and several other backs got uh, their opportunities to, to get in there. Christian McCaffrey, with his vision combined with explosiveness, does so many uh, amazing things from an offensive perspective. What do you like now about a a guy like Cameron Artis Payne, who's been around for a little while, understands the way that that offensive linemen like you are setting things up for him? What do you like about Payne's vision and Elijah Holyfield's vision that that eventually will time up with the athleticism that they can bring uh, to to help fill in that, that list of players behind McCaffrey? Yeah, and with Cameron Artis Payne, it's it's been a process. You know, he's been here four years, and you know he's always looked good in the preseason. It's just when the regular season rolled around, just has not had many opportunities and not really flashed when he's been in there and done anything dazzling. And I, so this is a big, big camp for him that uh, he really has to go out there and show that he can be the number two guy because. I really believe the Panthers have opened it up and said, you know, Jordan Scarlett didn't get to play because of a lower back injury, but they're counting on getting him back early next week so that he can do the dual practices with the Bills and obviously the preseason game. But it's it's any man's taking right now. And uh, Cameron, actually, I thought put in a good, tough performance last night because the run blocking wasn't there. The, you know, and it wasn't a typical game. You could obviously see, you know, with the Panthers and, and Christian McCaffrey and the way they've been, it's, they want to establish the run and get – Christian his carries but this was all about the quarterbacks and slinging it around a little bit to see what they could do in the pocket so despite that and, and not really kind of setting the tone with the early running game uh, Cameron Arce Payne did a good job and I, what I liked about Holyfield was 
you know, he, he, he's more explosive than you think. His 40 time was not good at the combine, yet was able to make a cutback run where he beat all the defenders for the uh, pylon and was able to dive into the end zone. It's, he has football speed. And what was nice about him as being a young player, he fumbled early in that game last night, and it didn't get him down. He responded by, you know, getting two touchdowns in the game later in the game. So I uh, really like what he's brought in there. And you can't discount Reggie Bonifan, uh, second, third-year guy out of Louisville. He, You know, I think they envision him as maybe a third-down replacement for McCaffrey if it's needed because he's so fluid and, and catches the ball out of the backfield so well. So it, it's a big race now, and it, it's a huge job that, you know, I think they want to take some carries off of Christian, but it's got to be an explosive, dynamic guy. And they're, I don't think they have one guy that can fill all those needs, but if they can get a couple of guys out of this and have a nice stable of running backs uh, that are there to help out Christian, they'll be in good shape. Kevin Donnelly joining us from the Panthers Radio Network. He's been uh, very involved with a franchise he once suited up for, uh, joining us here on the David Glenn Show on Panthers Takeover Day. Uh, Kevin, uh, yesterday, I think it was late last night, Daniel Jeremiah, a longtime friend of the program here uh, of the NFL Network, tweeted the following quote. He said, preseason is a liar. It has fooled many over the years. Be careful. I, I, I throw that tweet out there to ask you this. How dangerous is it to put too much stock in what you see in games one and two in 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 the NFL preseason versus what you see when when the the lights may be a little bit brighter for for week number three uh, getting a little closer to the regular season? Is there too much that you can can try to glean out of these games at this point in the calendar? Yeah, at this point, especially these first couple where they're doing really no game planning. Um, you know, teams could, could line up in formations that um, you haven't really prepared for or they run a blitz or, you know, really the biggest thing with these young guys playing these early games, someone just lines up wrong and has a mental error and then the other side's trying to correct for that to figure out, you know, whose assignment's on who. And so basically, you know, at, at times it's not going to be pretty football. And, you know, basically you're just trying to watch those one-on-one -on -one competitions. Just okay, let's break it down to the smallest part when it's an O-line versus D-line, you know, who battled and competed and won that rep. And with receivers, you know, who was able to get separation. And you try not to read too much into the game planning of it or, or even the score, obviously, for that matter. It's, it's about just watching the guys compete. Uh, and I absolutely believe in that tweet that it's, you know, it's, it's, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. You definitely have a range that you're looking for for performance from these athletes, and they may flash, but they could disappear for a few weeks, and that's the nature of football. Sometimes it was just a weak matchup, you know, with with Brian Burns. Maybe it was it was a young player, or someone has no experience, or hurt an ankle, or something, and so he's coming off the game, and you feel great about it. He gets two sacks in the game, but you know, it's not really set up like a true regular season game where. Um, you're going to have to battle through double teams and, and different protections and things like that. So it's, it really is hard right now. Everyone's expectations are, you know, besides probably five or six teams in the NFL, everybody thinks they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and win the thing. And so all these uh, fans, and I'm a big fan also, I, I mean, after last night with five sacks from two guys with Marquise Haynes and, and Brian Burns, I mean, I couldn't help but feel jacked. But is that reality? Is that going to be a production when the season comes around? You hope um, they can they can match maybe half of that and, and contribute during the year, but it, it's certainly not going to keep going. 
So with all of that said, and right on cue with, with the way that the sports media always works, after that first game of any professional sport preseason, be that spring training, the NBA, the NFL, certainly, that next day's narrative is, ah, oh, the preseason's way too long. So with yeah. all of that said, with the NFL, there's been a little bit more uh, targeted commentary about what the NFL preseason could become. Uh, we had a conversation that, that I remember listening to you at our, our Panther Vision meeting a few weeks ago about the player's perspective and what might be uh, agreeable from a player's perspective if there was any shift in number of preseason games or how that equated to maybe additional regular season games. What what might that balance look like from from what a player would be comfortable with saying, hey, you know what, we understand what, what the, the, the fan base is telling us that four games might be too long. Damian Lewis just went uh, pretty deep a, a few minutes ago on on the, the developmental reasons behind that and, and what some things are there. But but what might be a player's, uh, uh, the, the, I, I guess, that one thing that might make them come to the table on, on having a discussion about the lengthening or, or of, of the preseason or, or, or lengthening of the regular season, rather shortening of the preseason? Well, I think, you know, to me it's, you know, the players really will prepare whatever the schedule allows them to do. If it's two games or four games, and then they'll adjust. Obviously, what that's going to do is you only have two preseason games. The starters and the main backups are going to get most of the reps as they try to prepare for the regular season. So Damian Lewis is right on track. You lose some preparation time for sure uh, with those younger guys, and I think the trade-off would be, you know, you're going to be able to maybe have more access to these guys in the offseason, especially quarterbacks. You know, if it's two preseason games, you're not going to have Kyle Allen and Will Greer get the amount of reps they got last night and, and able to throw, you know, 12 to 18 passes each that they can go out there and be live for NFL snaps. So I think it's tough, and, you know, I think it will move that direction. And obviously the back end of that is – well, if you remove the two preseason games, you're going to want a longer schedule. And I think that's where the toughness, you know, that, that's where it comes in with, you know, basically you need to pay them two extra game checks. And I think that's where the, the starting table is. And, you know, that's tough. You know, guys are already earning big-time money, and now you're paying them two additional checks. It's it's going to be a financial hit to the owners. But I think that's where they're at right now when they're negotiating this thing is, you know, if you want less preseason games. Because to me, I don't think a lot of players are clamoring for that. I think that the leverage is, is in their favor in terms of, you know, this is something the NFL wants to move to because they're the ones getting such poor feedback on these preseason games being so meaningless and a lot of people they don't know playing and not a lot of fans show up and then they're forced to get the tickets if they're season ticket holders. So, um, you know, I think for the players, it's, it's definitely um, something that whatever ends up happening, they're going to go through that process to develop to try and make teams it's just going to be a matter of fact, can they see eye to eye on how this thing would play out if they go to an 18-game regular season schedule? Kevin Donnelly joining us here on uh, Carolina Panthers Takeover Day on the David Glenn Show. A couple final questions for you, Kevin. Um, it, we, we'll see the Buffalo Bills ahead to Spartanburg, uh, joint practices with the Panthers leading up to next week's uh, home opening preseason game for the Panthers and Bills down at Bank of America Stadium. As a player, did you like these opportunities when, when you had another team come in and you're able to, to scrum against somebody else other than your own? Well, uh, as, as a player, it, it was tough because um, – they become many games. They really do because you're in these practices and it's against all new talent. You want to show out. You want to impress your coaches, and you got other guys that are fighting for their lives and their careers. And 
they become super intense and it, you're, you're really, it's like playing a mini preseason game for these couple of joint practices. So uh, it's difficult, but looking back, I did a bunch of them when I was playing and they do add a, a huge amount of value. You know, I, when I was with the Oilers, we'd go out to San Diego and did some things against um, the Chargers. And for me, being a young tackle in the league, um, getting a lot of reps against Junior Seau, and he, he beat me like a drum a few times. I hated it at the time, but it made me a better player. Or, you know, when I was with the Dolphins, we went and did some camps against Tampa Bay, and I'm lining up against Warren Sapp every single play of practice. It's, I mean, there's there's no time off. He's going to bring it every single time. And uh, it sucked at the time. It's terrible. It really <laughs> is a grind. It, it It's tough, but... You do see the value in it after the fact, but um, you know, to me, it's you know, when you do a joint practice, it's basically like adding a fifth preseason game because the intensity for those two or three practices gets ratcheted up so high, and that's why the coaches love it. They love it. It's a break from the guys going against each other. You can rest a few guys because now you can go yours against theirs. Um, you're not having to use guys that we call service. You know, give a look on defense or a look on offense, and. It's a great change-up. And there'll be energy down there. And there should be some good stories coming out of Wofford these, uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday next week. And two teams with a lot of uh, familiarity with each other based on personnel and front office moving and coaching staff moving. And uh, it should make for a lot of fun. Final question for you, Kevin, before we let you go. Uh, kind of in the spirit of, of that, of having those grinded-out practices, one more preseason game. If Ron Rivera is standing next, <clears throat> excuse me, one week from tomorrow, next Saturday, on the other side of preseason week number two, based on the setup that they'll have with these types of practices and what you saw last night, what do you feel like this coaching staff is looking for to get completed, checked off the list with these opportunities that are coming forward? I, well, I think really importantly, I think with Coach Rivera being a defensive-minded coach and him taking over the play calling for that defense, he – really wants to strain that defense and see if it can take the next level. They did a nice job of, you know, really it's game one last week and lining up and when they needed to be in three, four, you know, have some soundness to what they're doing and uh, gap control and everybody could fit on runs. And for looking at it for the most part in that three, four last night, it looked really good besides maybe one or two runs where uh, a gap was free or something was cut back, really shut down the bears efficiently and got a lot of pressure offensively. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this next preseason game, Cam doesn't play for that one also because he'll get plenty of protected reps against the Bills in practice that uh, maybe they hold out a guy uh, like Cam Newton and Luke Keekley because getting all that work during the week may I mean let's give those younger quarterbacks quarterbacks the time in practice, I mean, time in the preseason game to get the work done that they need. Excellent insight as always from you, Kevin Donnelly. We appreciate you on the program and, uh, and look forward to seeing you down in Charlotte next week. Absolutely. Glad you guys are doing Panther Day. It's going to be a great season. There's a great vibe on this team right now. I'm excited. Well, and that's from a guy that's uh, played in the Super Bowl with the franchise. He knows a little bit of, uh, of something about what the vibe can do uh, for the projection of a team moving forward. Kevin Donnelly joining us here. Panthers Takeover Day. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back with uh, more Panthers conversation, a few other sports items we want to get in there. Still time for you to lay out your great hypothetical uh, uh answer to our question of the day if money wasn't an object and we didn't have to worry about revenue streams for owners and all those things and you could put an nfl preseason game in any neutral site venue in the universe where would you like to see it 
and and what would be the setup around that? We've gotten some great responses to that question here today. Everything from uh, benefits for military veterans to uh, just plain out good old fashioned regional rivalries uh, in in some of our iconic college football venues. But I know you've got a better answer, so give it to us on the other side. Eight hundred eight four nine two seven six one the number to call. David Jackson in for DG here today on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks who work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Just let her cry. Again, it's... Combination takeover day here on the David Glenn Show. This is uh, three different Hootie songs that you've heard today. Hootie and the Blowfish out on tour right now. The group therapy tour. Coming back around to the Carolinas here pretty soon. They'll be in uh, Charlotte September 5th. Three shows in Columbia, South Carolina to close it out. Not that I have the tour schedule memorized or anything like that. Two states, uh, one Hootie. Two states, one Hootie. I think we need to trademark that before David Tepper gets a hold of it. It needs to be a thing, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get on that. David Jackson filling in for uh, DG today on the David Glenn Show, so you have to put up with my hootie and the blowfish. Hey, there's some big news coming out of David Glenn World Headquarters, potentially as early as a little bit later this afternoon. So many of you, since we've been talking football today, all you football fans are are in tailgate preseason as well. Uh, hopefully, you know, your 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 main course is going to make the cut and, you know, you can get rid of some of that low-calorie stuff that has no business on the tailgate and, and cut that, put it on waivers, do whatever you need to do. But with all of this tailgate talk, the big tailgate tour presented by Continental Tire uh, is is a staple of the, the David Glenn Show fandom. And the schedule for 2019 is coming out soon. Darren, you you think maybe by the end of the afternoon? By the end of the afternoon, it will be tweeted via at David Glenn Show and at Big Tailgate Tour. How about Uh, that? Time is TBD. We got to make sure, you know, (laughs) loose ends are tied first. But uh, it is, it's set. It's set in stone. It's just a matter of uh, getting a couple of things taken care of before we can just push it out. Uh, as we do on Twitter. Well, so I'm, I'm going to see, most likely, because we, we don't live too far from each other, my good friend Judd Huffman, who was part of the All-Ray Tire tailgate that won last year's 2018 Big Tailgate Tour Championship, I'm going to have to go by and tell him that he's officially on notice now because yes. with the new schedule means that, that he is now officially in championship defense mode. Yes, they are. They are officially the defending champions, the Alray Tire Cool Bus and crew of Judd Huffman. Man, they, what a setup! They well, they probably could have won it each of the last five years that we've done the Big Tailgate Tour. There are some, uh, and, and I can speak uh, uh, this uh, because I, I see these guys almost weekly now. Uh, you know, there there are some App State tailgaters that think they've got great tailgates, and then there's Judd Huffman's tailgate. And uh, I'll retire a great member of the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce, I might add. Get my uh, my day job plug in there. But but Judd, uh, Judd brings it with the bus and the full crew. And there are so many other examples of your campus is Judd, right, that that gets to, to bring it out. I, I know uh, when we used to play those App State Elon games, man, that, those guys always had spread. The 7 a.m. tailgate crew. The 7 a.m. tailgate crew. Another former tailgate of the year winner as well. See? 
I think we need to have maybe that's what we could bring to our neutral site NFL football conversation. If we could get all of the previous big tailgate tour winners to like take a quadrant of the stadium and and set the tailgate tone. We're going to tailgate on the moon, David. I, I mean, you you keep you keep saying this. I, I I don't know whether Judd's bus will go that far. I'm not I'm not sure. Might need but, to get but, a new bus, <laughs> a magic right. school bus. Maybe. That's that, that is right. That is right. So anyway, check out the, uh, the David Glenn Show Twitter feed, Big Tailgate Tour uh, Twitter feed. Of course, uh, the Big Tailgate Tour presented by our good friends at Continental Tire, and uh, you can find out where Darren and DG and crew will be coming. A stadium near you should be a, a great schedule. Some really good non-conference games, and and uh, and of course uh, the regular conference matchups that help make this uh, tailgate tour what it is. Uh, some some really fun games coming up on the schedule this year throughout the state. So hopefully you can make your tailgate uh, tour dreams reality and uh, find one of those near you. Hey, so we'll, we'll continue with that uh, line of conversation, too. We've got our phone lines open, 800-849-2761. Uh, this last 30 minutes or so, a little combo free-for-all Friday. If you've got any takes on the Panthers' preseason game last night, anything that you've heard out of our experts today, Kevin Donnelly, just uh, a great few minutes a moment ago, uh, Damian Lewis, Caroline Can, all bringing in some fresh Panthers inside perspective on uh, all of the box that were checked last night what now exists as the Panthers get ready for this uh, this uh, uh, matchup week if you will with the bills that will include some joint practices and 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 then wrap up with uh, next week's preseason opener uh, on the home side uh, down at uh, Bank of America Stadium one week from today we'll see uh, those two teams duking it out but uh, also uh, we want to get in a few more of your thoughts on this whole idea of NFL uh, preseason games being played at neutral site venues. Of course, again, the finances for this, we know within the way that the league is structured, and, and as Kevin Donnelly so eloquently stated a few moments ago, that's not going to – we know that this isn't a, a reality, right? But we just want to dream a little bit here on a Friday afternoon in, uh, in early August. Uh, we want to think about where those cool neutral sites might be for the NFL to say, you know what, we're out of Bank of America Stadium, we're out of – of all of these places that we we play regular season games, we want to take the show on the road. Where should we take the show to? We want to hear your answers to this at 800-849-2761. Some cool examples of this. You know, we, we talked about this is all done in the spirit of Major League Baseball saying we're going to play a regular season game in a cornfield next year. We're bringing the Yankees. We're bringing the White Sox. We're heading to Dyersville, Iowa, and we're playing a game where they play the Field of Dreams or, or, or where they film the movie Field of Dreams. Why doesn't the NFL come up with some cool way to say these preseason games grind on the average casual fans last nerve? So let's make them fun. If all of a sudden that you you staged a game like like again, I keep referencing the backyard battle from Chapel Hill back in the day. You had the Falcons, you had the Redskins. Those guys were there. They 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 featured access in areas where you don't normally get that kind of thing. So if you were able to move an NFL preseason game out of the traditional uh, the stadiums in which they play, what other fan base? elements are you exposing your team to again take the david tepper philosophy of two states one team and apply that to moving preseason games around what if you were able to go and stage uh, a panthers preseason game in columbia south carolina or in greenville north carolina where you can expand your 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 reach of your fan base even more and give those fans who maybe don't have an opportunity to drive hundreds of miles to charlotte every week Give them the opportunity to see that product and connect with those players. 
there is something there that other leagues have have found. Even college sports have found a way to use neutral sites to their advantage. But the NFL, outside of Canton and outside of London, haven't haven't really had the financial motivation to say this is something that we should do. So we're going to take financial motivation out of the equation, and we're going to send that Friday afternoon 4 o'clock email up to the NFL offices today with the examples that you come up with on this program. So 800-849-2761, number to call to get your examples in, and we'll, we'll try to work in a couple of more of those before we get out of here in uh, a little more than 20 minutes or so. Some other sports news that's out there here on a free-for-all Friday that um, – we told you we get to one of the, the amazing stories. If you're a stats geek, you're going to be all over this one because it, it's it's mind boggling to think that this particular thing has occurred in Major League Baseball in such a short window. Again, Darren Vaught, big baseball guy. You can catch his USA Baseball uh, podcast covering the bases. Check it out because he gets into some of these these kinds of topics. And I would imagine that that this would be uh, podcast worthy. So Bo Bichette who is the son of Dante Bichette uh, of Colorado Rockies fame. Dante Bichette was the, the harrier uh, of, uh, of, of the Rockies stars of their world series run back years ago. Uh, he he kind of looked like uh, that, that character clue Haywood in major league. You know, they said <laughs> this guy sneezes. He looks like a party favor. Dante Bichette was that guy, right? He, he was, he was certainly the, maybe somebody that they could have patterned clue Haywood after his son, Bo, about uh, 10, 11 days ago, got called up to the Toronto Blue, Blue Jays. And there's a, actually a triangle connection to this because Bo Bichette's rise to, to the major leagues with Toronto was a direct result of Marcus Stroman, former Duke Blue Devil pitcher who was pitching for the Blue Jays, got traded to the Mets at the deadline, opens up a spot. Bichette comes up to the big league club. So 11 days ago, he gets his first taste of, of major league baseball. Last night, Bo Bichette, set a new major league record for having doubled in nine consecutive games. That is a new major league record for a guy who has only played in 11 games. That's 50 at-bats. He has doubled in nine straight games to set a new major league record. And, and you know, a lot of times you hear about these guys that come up and they get on a tear and it's like, oh, this guy's just set the record for most singles in his first six at-bats in the major leagues. or uh, You know, what whatever that little nuance record is, this is the whole thing. Since 1900, nobody has doubled in nine straight games. And it comes from the, the first person to do it is a dude that's only played in two games more than the record exists. It's just fascinating to think that that somebody could come up and have that level of success at the major league level and put together such a string of, of extra base hit prowess in such a short window of time. Darren, I got to ask you, you're the resident baseball guy. Uh, I mean, did anybody see Bo Bichette being able to to produce and contribute at this level for a Toronto team that's speaking of people looking for storylines to accentuate their seasons? I'm, I'm sure <laughs> Toronto's cool with this and the tickets that Bo Bichette will sell. Well, I mean, there's no doubt. He, he has been a huge prospect that a lot of people have had their eyes on up to this point. But, I mean, to put it in perspective, just for fun, I did the math last night. So, Tris Speaker, which is an old baseball name some, some might know, is the all-time doubles leader in Major League Baseball history, all right? For his career, he hit 792. Now, he played a lot of games. Speaker played until he was about 40 years old. In the bigs. If Bo Bichette was to play as many games as Tris Speaker at this pace, 
David, he would have over 2,000 hits that were only doubles. So it's, <laughs> it's an impossible pace, right? There's no way he continues to hit balls into the gap at this register, but it, that just goes to show how incredible it is through 11 games. And like you said, the most impressive thing about the record is that it's not one of the 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 uh, dot 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 through his first 11 big league games. This it's the record. No one ever has hit doubles in nine consecutive games. They invented the game, and and since the game has been invented, this guy who's been playing in the big leagues for 11 days has done something that no one else that's played the sport has ever been able to do. And it's not like strikeout every time. It's not, you know, a fall over after, you know, uh, hitting a, a slow ground ball out of the box. <laughs> this is this is a, a meaningful statistic, and Bo Bichette has done it better than anybody else despite not having played two weeks of Major League Baseball. Statistical oddities that we like to bring you on a Friday afternoon. 800-849-2761, the number to call. Get in on our, our NFL uh, hypothetical preseason location. We're going to take one call before the break. We'll take more of your calls after the break. We want to go to Larry, who is crossing into Virginia. Larry, what example do you have for a great preseason neutral site venue for us today on the David Glenn Show? I would say go to Annapolis. I, uh, the screener told me West Point was already mentioned. But it's not anything about any matchup because those midshipmen and those cadets come from all 50 states. So you're not looking at a regional audience. You're looking at a at an audience drawn from the nation. So the matchups don't matter. Anybody there, any team you bring in is going to have fans. That's a great point, Larry. Thank you very much for the call. And, and it kind of plays into what our caller earlier said about West Point. He wanted to wrap the whole thing around a fundraising opportunity for military veterans, which I just think is awesome. And, you know, if you move that out of West Point and go more Annapolis or or let's even take it um, – uh, take it into uh, like a market like Philly, which DG would be all about, I'm sure, uh, or, or some of these other larger venues. Now you're talking about if you wanted to do that fundraising element of it, now you've just got more scale for that kind of thing. But certainly uh, including service academies in this hypothetical uh, NFL preseason destination thing has been a popular theme today. Thanks to Larry, uh, who is uh, crossing into Virginia, for bringing yet another one of those examples to us. We want to keep these ideas flowing. We're, we're working on that email to send up to NFL headquarters, so we need a few more of these to come our way. 800-849-2761, the number to call to get your hypothetical NFL preseason neutral site venue the best place you could ever think i'm going to give you mine on the other side too uh when uh, when we come back to this topic and plenty more uh still to come here too so 800-849-2761 give us that preseason uh, uh mythical typical or, or mythical nfl uh, venue we'll get a, a couple of more of those on before we are done here today david jackson filling in for dg on the david glenn show <laughs> Welcome back into the David Glenn Show. Hour number three coming to its exciting conclusion. And uh, so with it comes the conclusion of the first week of takeover dates uh, for uh, all of the respective sports franchises here in the uh, in the area. So, uh, again, talking mostly Carolina Panthers today. I know App State Week uh, was earlier this week at Canes were yesterday. Got some great hockey talk in there. So, uh, all in all, uh, successful first week of Takeover Week. DG out again next week. So, more Takeover themes coming your way. Uh, won't want to miss any of that. So, uh, keep it tuned right here 
for uh, more insightful sports commentary around uh, a state that's got plenty of it to give. Hey, so our hypothetical question of the day at 800-849-2761 was, if you could wave your magic wand and take revenue out of the equation, where would be a cool place to play an NFL preseason game in a neutral site? And and cool place could mean anything from high school football field all the way up to, you know, uh, outside uh, the gates of the Palace in London, where DG is scouting out this very thing right now. So uh, we've had some great responses today. We had a little military theme going on a little bit, but we've got another caller uh, who joins us to get his comments in so we can get this email uh, that we're going to send up to the NFL office all tidied up and ready to go. Our, our 4 o'clock, let me tell you all my thoughts email on a Friday, uh, heading out here pretty soon. So Josh from King, North Carolina, your chance to chime in with your favorite uh, potential NFL preseason venue. We'll, we'll throw this in the email, too, that we'll, uh, we'll be pinning from the David Glenn Show. Josh, what do you got? Um, you know, a couple, three, four years ago, whatever it was, Virginia Tech and Tennessee did the Battle of Bristol, and they yes. played at Bristol Motor Speedway. How about the Panthers and the Titans play a preseason game at Bristol, and that way the Titans can get more exposure on the opposite end of Tennessee, and the Panthers, they could get exposure in Bristol for either Virginia or Tennessee, being Bristol's a town that's in both states. Josh, that is a that is a great point, and I think you hit on the exact reason why you would want to do a game like this in the in the location that you're bringing it to, because you're exactly right that the Titans, though they are the NFL team in Tennessee, do not have a, a stranglehold on Bristol. They just don't. They they don't on that the eastern side of the state. It's really all about the Volunteers. Uh, Tennessee could have practice on Sunday. There would be more people in eastern Tennessee that would go to watch the Tennessee Vols practice on Sunday than than the Titans playing them on Sunday. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. But but so you're saying expand a market and and come to an area of a state that that you could certainly do some some great things in in putting your brand out there and allowing people to to get into uh, into a level of access that they don't normally have. And the Panthers could do the same exact thing with Western North Carolina. With with Southwest Virginia, with East Tennessee. I mean, it's it's closer for people that live in Bristol and Greenville and Johnson City to come to Charlotte to watch an NFL game than it is for them to go all the way to Nashville. I mean, it's a, a geographical thing that it's it's an easier get. So yes, absolutely. Bristol Motor Speedway hosted a full house uh, back, uh, I believe it was three seasons ago now. Virginia Tech and Tennessee played that game. They sold a ton of beer. They sold a ton of hot dogs. There were 140,000 people that watched that game you could certainly bring that kind of atmosphere to the nfl with putting the titans and the panthers there uh, and and have that same setup that's uh this was the venue darren you'll remember when when bristol made some headlines when they brought in the the scoreboard it's called colossus yeah and it, it, it's the <laughs> biggest scoreboard that it's suspending in midair in the nation or something crazy like that and they brought it in for this game that that's what it was was built for and now bristol motor speedway has infused that into the way that they're able to to push nascar out there but but that's where colossus came from was this game so um so let's bring out colossus again we'll put the titans and the panthers there thank you very much josh from king for that phone call and i i appreciate darren the way people have kept in the exact spirit of what we're trying to do here you know it's it's not just a let's throw a game at you know um 
you know, pick a high school. Wake Forest Rollsville High School. Let's let's have the Panthers come there and they'll play the Redskins and and let's call that an exhibition. That'd be cool, <laughs> maybe for for somebody that wants to see that that kind of of interaction in that particular area. But it's been about like what's that meta reason you want to play X game in Y stadium because of Z. And our Z answers have been really solid today. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I, people are bringing it. Yeah, as someone who uh, was born and raised in southwestern Virginia, I can totally appreciate Josh's reasoning in expanding fan bases because it's the oddest thing now being in a market where we have pro sports, we have major college sports, although I grew up pretty close to Virginia Tech. Uh, as far as professional sports were concerned, we're not near anything. You just kind of picked based on yeah. whatever colors. I have friends who root for Denver pro franchises that have never been west of Texas even, but it's because of a player or something like that that drew them in. So uh, that's a great idea to broaden you know, both of those fan bases in both directions. That area of the country, southwest Virginia, east, uh, extreme northeast Tennessee, they have as much allegiance to Cincinnati as anything, especially on the baseball side. There are yeah. a ton of Reds fans in that area because Cincinnati's not that far. So, again, NFL, in the wisdom that we will give them with our email, will say, hey, you know, if you want to expand your market a little bit and, and help fill up some of those doldrum games uh, down the road in Nashville, maybe bring your team east and play a game in a venue that could certainly support way more people than go to an average NFL preseason game. We're going to take one final break, come back with some final thoughts here. Uh, David Jackson filling in for DJ here on this Panthers takeover day of the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Wrapping up a Carolina Panthers takeover day. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish takeover day there for a while as well. I uh, want to say special thanks to the folks at the Sports Hub here in uh, Greater Kernersville for helping us uh, out today and uh, being such excellent hosts. Always enjoy coming down this way. Also to interns Christian and Philip. Hey, David Shoemate will get uh, uh, the takeover week started next Monday. The Duke Blue Devils are in the house, followed by uh, Stan Cotton with Wake Forest. ECU, North Carolina, and the Charlotte Hornets all represented next week on Takeover Week. Darren, it's been a blast, man. Always enjoy it. Look forward to uh, to filling in again with you uh, one of these days soon, buddy. Absolutely. Always is fun. All right. This has been David Jackson filling in for DG this uh, Friday on the David Glenn. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.